Happy New Year, everyone. Tyler and Sean here in the Sport Travel Radio Studios here, and we are diving into one of the great topics inside of the tournament world, how to be the best tournament parent. This is the Tournament Talk Podcast, where your hosts, Tyler Childs and Sean Sinclair, are on a mission to help you make sense of the tournament world, save you time and money by helping you make all the right decisions to streamline and maximize your tournament business, team, club, or lifestyle. Let's get down and start winning at everything. Welcome to another episode of Tournament Talk. Again, it's Tyler Turney Boss here in the studio alongside Sean Sinclair. You can find him at sport-sean. And we're talking about something we deal with on a regular basis, and that's parents. And how to be the best tournament parent for not just your peace of mind, but for your child, for your coach. And that way you get the best experience out of it. So, Sean, say hi to everybody here this Hello. afternoon. Welcome, welcome everyone. Welcome, Sean. Welcome, oh. Tourney Boss, everyone. <laughs> Happy to be here. Fresh start to 2020. That's right. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm done with 2020 jokes already. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, Craig in our, in our, on our team has already murdered a couple. <laughs> and uh, thanks thanks to him, like I, I don't want to hear any more. No, no. But we're not done with them. For sure, they're coming up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. if you're unless you're a baseball guy, then you need you need 2020 vision to yep. pick up that spin. But, <laughs> uh, you know, outside of, of that, yeah, I'm done with 2020 jokes for now. Uh, let's dive in, Sean. I think the, the best thing for us to start with here today uh, is just really one of the most important and missed elements, and that's uh, perspective. Yeah, so, yeah. so let's kind of get to know your kids. Like, do you have a Tiger Woods in your family? Do you have a Wayne Gretzky, Mike Trout? Like, what do you got? And and, and where do you go from there? Uh, yeah. So my son uh, is two and a half. Definitely the next Tiger Woods. Absolutely. You can already tell. Uh, no, that's ridiculous. I have no idea. Uh, so let's see. My son is two, two and a half. Uh, running around like a madman, you know, my daughter, five, five and a bit now. And she's the one who's, you know, more involved in sports at this point, obviously. And so she does cheerleading and is now into some of the, the, the overnight traveling and competitions, you know, outside of our, our hometown here. Well, I think it's really funny when they come to baseball games and they get they start owning the guys on the bench. It's the best. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, grab my bear. Hey, yeah. do this. It's it's awesome. I, yeah, I quite move enjoy over, it. get down. <laughs> I mean, eighty percent of it is them having you wrapped around their, your, their fingers. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But yeah. it is funny yeah. to watch them when they get one of the other guys hooked. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's really interesting though. I think that's one of the the issues as a coach. I saw you know in our in our line of work, I see every day. You just see so many parents have these expectations for their either eight, 10, 12 year old child. Yeah. yeah. They're so unrealistic. So that said, how are you combating it yourself? Like everyone loves their child. Like mm-hmm. we're not yeah. faulting anybody for nope. wanting more for their kid, but, but how are you kind of keeping yourself and in your children modest in terms of the expectations? Yeah, I think there's a couple of different things. And first of all, my wife owns a, a cheerleading organization. So she's on the, the coaching side and the owners and, deals with a lot of parents every single day and some of these wild expectations of their kids. So I hear it that way first, right? And, you know, my wife will talk about a certain athlete who is good, but maybe not progressing the way they should. And that's for whatever reason. Maybe the kid just doesn't love it anymore. It doesn't matter the reason, right? Uh, But the parent thinks they're, you know, above and beyond, best on the team, should be on, you know, two levels up. And again, 
whole nother discussion about playing up and stuff like that. Right. So I, you know, want to make sure that I'm not that parent um, because, you know, we've talked about this a ton of times is that the stats say that your kid is probably not going anywhere with that sport. Right. Uh, I, we played, you know, fairly competitive baseball. I did not make our university baseball team. Right. So, and I think it turned out okay. Right. Yeah. There's really you no, know, nothing wrong with me. Uh, maybe ask Michelle that. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, you know, so, you know, you can play at a good level, but not have like the sports success that everyone's chasing and looking after and still be a functioning contributor to society. A good family man looks after, you know, friends and family has fun, you know, enjoys life. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the, the biggest thing to take. And I think it helps that I did play sports at that competitive ish level. Right. And that I can kind of look back and say like, okay, I was good. I could have been better with some of these, you know, um, extra facility, like the the baseball facilities we see here, you know, harping on baseball, that's what I played, right? But, you know, everyone's doing private lessons and there's, you know, camps and winter camps and all that. There really wasn't as much of that around when we were younger. I think I did one winter break camp and and that was, that was it. They existed in the the indoor winter sports, Mm -hmm. but for Mm -hmm. us, like we were summer athletes more or less, and that's really where the gap was. And, and so- Back to your point, though, I think the perspective of growing up in sports and what we value today, and I think what we're doing with our lives also allows us to kind of see the perspective Mm -hmm. um, that maybe some of our peers don't that grew up in the same era. And they want their kids to excel because there's all these new opportunities. And so like, oh, I didn't have that. I just have to get them to that event. And all of a sudden, they're going to be a professional athlete. Well, no, no, it's not. Um, You know, I think the the big element uh for me and you hit the nail on the head is that social real life experience you get from sports some of the most important things that have ever happened in my life happened around sport good and bad that taught me things that i use to this day in my life to help me keep calm or to help me take perspective or a step backwards to say okay how could we have done this differently and ultimately, and probably the most important thing is the work ethic that comes from playing those sports. Very few of my peers worked anywhere close to as hard as I did. And it wasn't because, you know, I was this, you know, superior work ethic mm-hmm. guy. I just wasn't as good. And I needed to work harder to catch to them. To get to that level, yeah. And so I think that's the thing that a lot of parents miss is how do I motivate my child to get to that level, even if they're the most talented, right? Because mm-hmm. how many kids did you grow up with? And I, I had a couple that I know with better motivation or better coaching could have went and played college. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely a half dozen or so. Yeah. yeah. And they yeah. just, they lacked that out of scope um, passion. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like I always talk about Adam Hall, always, because he blew me away. And mm-hmm. there's a kid that was drafted in the second round by the Baltimore Orioles. I had the opportunity to coach him uh, for his 13U season. And I've never seen a kid that talented work that hard. And that's the difference. Mm -hmm. That's how you get drafted because he worked harder than everybody else. And so from a parenting perspective, I think that's one of those things. Like, does my kid work that hard? Yeah, that's, you know, that's going to be a super early indicator and how much, you know, they love it and how much work they're putting into it. And I think as a parent, you can only force so much, right? And, you know, 
I don't ever want to be that parent that pushes a kid to, you know, play a sport where they're not loving it. Cause yeah. all we're doing going to do is waste time and money. That's right? right. You know, you can get a lot out of, you know, a sport. You can also get a lot out of music lessons Absolutely. and art classes and debate club and whatever. So it doesn't have to be sports, even though my, most of my day revolves around sports. Right. I don't care if my kids play sports. No. I would like them to. It's fun that they, you know, my daughter so far is, but, you know, I think just understanding that if you start to force it, you know, kids for all these different reasons are probably going to push back if they're not into it. Well, and I, I don't know what it was like for you, but growing up, like my dad played a lot of sports, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be slow pitch or he still ran a little. But for me, I, I grew up around the diamond and I was always around him and his friends and, and they loved playing so much that that passion carried over to me. So I think as parents, like that's part of it too. If you expect your kid to be an athlete, you should probably set an example for them, mm-hmm. yeah, right? Like 100%. how hard are you working? How much do you love it? Like if you're always angry and then take it out on them as a result <laughs> of your playing sports, they're probably not going to love it. <laughs> no. Right. No. <laughs> so I think that's something we're all guilty of, including coaches. Like I think coaches can be part of that too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think we're starting to see more of a uh, separation between hey, we're here to have fun first or, hey, no, this is an all-business team. And as a parent, I think having that perspective of where your kid fits on that spectrum mm-hmm. yeah. is how you become the best parent for your child, right? Because to your point, like had you or I been pushed, we probably would have ate it up. Yeah, We would have yeah. went and played for somebody that pushed us harder yeah, yeah. and we probably would have loved every minute of it. Yes. Whereas I have many of my peers, my best friends that played with me, they would have melted. Mm-hmm. They would have just been done. Yeah. They would have said, you know, fight the man, right? Like, <laughs> and so you just have to recognize that as a parent. And it's not about how much you spend. It's about who you're associating your kids with, mm-hmm. right? And and it can be good and bad. And and I think that's where perspective is so, so important. But if you think your kid's going to be a pro just because you pay money. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, just don't do it. That's not going to happen. Yeah, no. just don't do it. Go put yeah. it in like a... <laughs> 401k or you know, whatever the equivalent is for you in your life. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just let it build up. But yeah, I, I think that's the first and foremost. So here's a question I have for you as a parent. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's an important one for a lot of parents to consider. What checkpoints do you have in your life to make sure that you don't lose that perspective? Like, is there somebody that you hold close and trust to say, listen, Sean, your kid is not good at this. And, and it's not hurtful. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. like, it's that check and balance that sometimes we all need a little perspective to stay, you know, self-aware. Yeah. That, well, that's a tough question, yeah. right? Because I, I don't think I'm there yet personally. Yeah. Um, but what I would probably make sure I'm doing is if I'm at a tournament, you know, or a competition is making sure I watch other teams, right? And, you know, if my daughter's in 8U and I'm watching, you know, 9, 10, 11 you and seeing what those kids are like. Or maybe it's just a different division, right? We're in A, let's watch some AAA, that type of thing. And just see what is realistically out there and what are these kids on potentially better teams? How are they playing? Yeah. Right? I mean, I just, I love most sports, right? Some are more interesting, some are not. But I just, I didn't generally enjoy live sports too, right? So being at, uh, let's say, a tournament that we're at and just maybe catching an extra game when the team is off doing their own thing or they have some pool time, you know, maybe I'll go watch an extra game or something like that. Um, A a second part to that, and as I think is probably associating yourself with people who 
don't play that sport yeah. or who are in different sports or not even involved in sports at all, right? So my, my close group of friends, there are some who like sports, but probably more who don't, right? Right. And what it does, is it just kind of, I think that just kind of keeps me grounded for, for, and just make sure that I don't focus all my attention and all everything that we're doing on that sport, right? right? So if they're off and they're playing at the beach or something and they're having a blast, I'm like, well, you can have fun that way and be a good dad that way too. And, you know, not focus on that sport. And then you just start to like step back and think about things with a little bit more of a clearer mind. So, you know, let me put this in your head and it's something that I I've coached um, athletes in this, this conversation. So I think it's a relevant question. If you're a parent out there that wasn't an athlete mm -hmm. and are, you know, kind of, stuck with not stuck that's the wrong <laughs> word but if you're kind of uh delta hand where your child is an absolute stud and or may or may not be and maybe mm -hmm. on that fence and you don't know like what what is it that parents should be looking for to try to decide whether their kid takes that leap how much do they need to invest in it to nurture it and then ultimately when to pull the parachute to get out if, yeah, if needed yeah. uh, personally i think you're you're gonna want to look for like an outside non-biased opinion, yeah. right? So let's say you're in your organization and they have their, you know, their coaches who do private lessons and, you know, it's a business, they're running a business. Maybe I'm going to ask someone in a different state mm -hmm. or from, you know, the school that I went to ask the the coach, you know, and it may not, I may not have played that sport, but Hey, like I, I went to the school. Can I ask you a quick question? You may not get it. Maybe it's the assistant coach or something like that, but just try to reach out and maybe get some, some opinions that way, yeah. you know, you're not asking to check out video and, you know, you know, recruit them or anything, but Hey, I have this 12 year old who seems to be above average. Yeah. What, what should I be looking out for? What should I be listening for in coaches conversations? Cause I think those higher level coaches who have, you know, you know, breeded success throughout like, you know, collegiate or Olympic or professional careers have that, yeah. you know, they know what is, what it's going to take. So, trying to get, you know, some uh, opinions from them and not someone who, uh, I don't want to like, harp on these organizations, but not someone who's going to make money off of Correct. you, right? Well, and just kind of milk you for more private lessons, better teams, right? And that's exactly where my my next comment was going to go is be careful of a business. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. they, they do, at the end of the day, have your child at heart. hundred yeah. percent, yeah. yeah. In almost every single case, that will be the case. Yes. Um, yes. That said, they also have their business because that's their child. Yes. <laughs> right. So don't don't be naive to think that um, they might not stretch the truth a fraction. Mm -hmm. um, and and to be fair, there's a lot of kids that need that stretch to get them from one step to the next. But I think it's super relevant that you take your child outside of your organization to get advice sometimes. Yeah. You don't have to do it all the time. No. It's no. just good because at the same time, if they're getting the same lessons all the time, they're not really adapting differently. And I think that's a thing we're going to see um, over the next five to 10 years. We're going to start seeing an epidemic of kids that were taught only one thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're going to fail to adapt to new things, right? You see it at major league level or professional level where in one organization, they just didn't jive. Yeah. And then they yeah. switch to a different philosophy. And the next thing they know, they're, they're an all-star. Yeah. Which I still find amazing at the like top, the cream of the crop, the professional level, you can get these coaches who harp on one thing. I always hear about these like pitchers, for example, right? They're taught or a swing coach or something taught, you know, do this, do this. And it doesn't work. And they go to a new team and then they become an all-star. Yeah. 
I'm like, what? It's a change what? of philosophy, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like Mark Burley's a great example. I mm-hmm. don't know how much you know about his pitching approach, but one of the things that he always talked about is my job is to throw the baseball. Mm-hmm. My job's or my catcher's job is to call the pitch that I'm supposed to throw. Yeah. It's not my job. Yeah. <laughs> it's his job. Right. So he always said, and it was one of the things he did in, I know in Toronto, there's a lot of media coverage around it, uh, where he, he told all, a lot of the young guys, stop worrying about it. Just go and throw. Yeah. Do your job well. Because if you start thinking about it, it's kind of like, it's in parallel to like the Zuckerberg wear the same thing every day. Yeah. Because you yeah. remove a decision from your life. For sure. Same idea here. If you're not thinking about the pitch being right or wrong, all you're thinking about is executing it. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that are familiar with Mark Burley, like, this is a guy that, although had a very good career, really didn't have anything in his arsenal that made him the all-star that he was. No, no, not intimidating at all. No, his stuff was very okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? And he did he did it really well. Yes. Um, and there's something to be said about that in terms of not overthinking things. So – What's your job as a parent? Job mm-hmm. is to just support your child, give them opportunity. Yeah. After that, get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Because there's so much overparenting today. Yeah. So yeah. much. And if you're putting your child into a program where you do not trust that coach or that organization, put them in a different organization. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> and once you've done that, shut up. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean that in the most sincere way, people, because I know how much you care about your children and you're just fighting for them. But you were doing them a major disservice by fighting that hard on their behalf. Mm-hmm. It's the equivalent to going into your your child's school and saying, hey, he should have got this mark or she should have got this grade. It's the same thing on the playing field. Yeah. And it's teaching the kid the same lessons that, hey, my parents think I can do this and or this is going to be handed to me. I just have to sit back and wait for it. And that's the absolute Wrong approach. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So do you see that a lot, um, you know, whether it be in the cheer gym or or with your friends, children, do, are you starting to see some of those traits where they're pushing their kid down that path and fighting those battles? Uh, yeah. Yeah. A lot. Right. And it's it's really unfortunate for the kid because I think you're, they start to take the joy out of it, right? If you always hear about, you know, mom or dad in the office, like closed door meetings with the coach or the owner of that program, and you're like, I, I just want to come out and play, right? I just want to, you know, compete and my friends are here and we're all having fun and we're pretty good at it. Doesn't mean I need to try and get a scholarship from it, right? And I think yeah. a lot of the times kids probably realize that too, right? If you get to a certain age, when, you know, whatever it is, 13, 14, you start to know who's really good and who's not, right? Yeah. You're at tournaments or competitions. You're like, wow, they are good. I think a lot of kids do have some pretty good self-awareness when it comes to sports. I know yeah. I did, right? Yeah. Like I never pictured, you know, myself signing at Vanderbilt and, you know, <laughs> getting drafted or anything like that. No, it's not going to happen. I mean, I had that dream a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to, uh, but uh, based on my average growing up, it was not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I think... You know, it, it hurts that kid, right? And it, as they grow within that organization, if, if someone's always fighting their battles, they just kind of almost pull back, yeah. right? And you almost see it like it's unfortunate because they still love it, but then they just quit and they end up going to do other things. Yeah, right? I totally agree. And it's it's a thing that if you don't let them fight their own battle, they can't get passionate about fighting those battles. Yeah. yeah. And if they're not passionate about fighting the battle, then they're not going to succeed. No. It's just a fact. And mm-hmm. Ultimately, they're not going to have a hard lesson. 
No. Right. Like there were so many hard lessons I had as a child that to my parents' credit, they just let me sink or swim. They yeah. Just, yeah. They said, do your thing. I, I still recall one of my favorite instances, and this is a major kudos to my my dad who made me do this. And my mom, I probably begrudgingly allowed it. <laughs> um, but there was a year where my childhood best friend and I were, we were on a team that was okay. It ended up being a team that as we got older, we were all quite good. It just took us a while to gel. And it was during kind of our growth years where other other towns, kids were growing faster. Yeah. And we're in a farm community. <laughs> so that means bigger and bulkier and all that stuff. But anyway, there was one particular game where we had a really bad game. And we were maybe had a, you know, a poor performance or whatever. Uh, the whole team did. And the coach had called the two of us out. And us being the fiery, competitive, stubborn people that we are, he said, if you're not going to play, then go home. And both of us looked at each other, took our jersey off and threw it at him and walked away. We were 13. Yeah. We were 13. Wow. And so I was some kind of pissed off. And and I was young and I I was immature back then. And my dad marched me over to his house to apologize. Okay. All right. Right. All right. So... That was an instance where I needed overparenting and mm-hmm. I needed to be mm-hmm. guided because I was out of line in terms of how I handle it. I don't think I was necessarily out of line in terms of the situation sure, um, sure. And, yeah. and it needing yeah. to be dealt with. But the coach and I had a good chat. Yeah. And ironically, to this day, his son's one of my close friends. Okay. So it's yeah. kind of a fun scenario. But I learned that lesson and gave me a ton of perspective when I started coaching. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm never going to do that to a kid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so as a parent, it's the same thing, like know where that line is. But if you don't have that perspective, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And so asking hard questions to your coaches before problems happen will help with that. And so that's one of my next points that I want to make is as a parent, be prepared for how you're going to handle a disagreement. Yeah. Because yeah. there's so much, um, it's the right word I'm looking for here unrealistic or, you know, just not sound judgment <laughs> that goes into reactionary argument, argumentative conversation, piece that together. Yeah. yeah but, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I think if you get out there in, in your own head, say, okay, here's the three instances in which I'm going to get involved and here's how I'm going to handle it and go to the coach and say, okay, this is the way I do things. Are you good with this? And they might say, yeah or no. And that'll tell you a lot about that coach as well. So I think having that proactive approach for your child will be so much more beneficial for your relationship with your kid. It'll be so much better for their experience because then there's a flip side. There's no kid on the planet that wants to stand in a group of their peers and watch their parent berate a coach. No, no. (laughs) That's so embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, why is your parent doing that? That's... Like, well, I don't know. (laughs) I'm 12. Yeah. (laughs) Right? So don't have that answer, Johnny. (laughs) So, yeah, I I think, you know, if if you're as a a young parent, like, what are you doing to prepare yourself for that? Like, does it cross your mind? Because, you know, you're in a position where, to your point, you think about sports all the time. Some of these people don't. No. Right? No. And and it's new to them in some some cases. So giving them advice, what, what are you doing on your end being experienced in this world? of the sporting space versus somebody that may not be, how, how can you help communicate what you're doing in your mind mm-hmm. Yeah, to help them? 
Yeah, I think, I mean, the first thing would be definitely give myself like a a 24-hour, 48-hour, like if I'm going to email, if that's my preferred, you know, method of communication, let me myself sit on it, right? And I think that's going to work in in business and, you know, social life as well, right? If you get a, a rude email at work instead of popping off, like let it cool down. First of all, it's email, right? There's lots of perspectives. So give yourself some time. Uh, but then as the kids get older, I think one of the biggest things I would do is have a conversation with your kid about when would you like me to potentially step in and when, you know, do you want to handle it? Right. Yeah. I mean, playing time and all these types of things, first of all, not up to a parent, but you know, those conversations come up. Yeah. Right. And you can still be respectful and ask like, Hey, what can, you know, Carter do to earn more playing time rather than, you know, why is he not playing enough? Um, or I can ask Carter that and say, would you rather, you just keep working hard and you work on it in practice and I'll just sit back and whatever happens, happens, right? So as they're going to get older, and I don't even think it needs to be that old, right? I think they're going to have a pretty good idea of what they might want you to jump in with. And where it's like, hey, I just want to be a teammate, yeah. right? Let me do my thing, dad. Yeah. Well, right. and, and parents, if you're listening, um, this is great advice, mm -hmm. right? Talk to your kid. It'll help them know when to handle those conversations. And that's the biggest thing that I had to take away from the example I just went through was that my dad forced me to resolve my own problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's so much perspective that I've never forgotten. Um, the jobs that I worked in high school and in college built on that expectation. So, you know, it's definitely been something that has allowed me to grow as a person as a result of it. And that's back to our original point about, Hey, the social element is a big part of this too. And so I grew up a ton, but if you're, if you're a coach, listen to this perspective as well, because you can save yourself a ton of heartache if you're giving the appropriate amount of feedback to the parents. So mm -hmm. doing bullet point emails to each parent saying, Hey, uh, if your kid wants more playing time, here's a couple points. Here's what they're doing really well already. Uh, having those review points will, will stop some of those conversations because you're giving them constructive feedback. For sure. For sure. And not a lot of coaches do it. No, no, I don't. I mean, I can't recall any of my parents getting that well, right. And, and nor should you, because I think that conversation should still be mm -hmm. parent to coach. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if you're, if you're a coach and you want to cut down on the backlash that you're getting, be proactive. Yeah. Give them yeah. the information they want before they ask for it. So, you know, that's the job of the coaches to coach the kid. Sometimes coaching the kid means coaching the parent. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> You don't want to be connected. So like I've said in previous episodes, one of the things that I like to do as coaches say back off, mm -hmm. like I'm here for your kid. I want them to succeed. And sometimes your kid succeeding means not getting to play. Yeah. Because in life they need to understand that there is still going to be a pecking order, right? We all want there to be equality in life. There has to be some equal opportunity, but once that equal opportunity is offered, yeah. That is the end of equal opportunity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? There is still who is better at a job, who is better at uh physical ability. There's a, there's a many ways to measure those things. But once you have your child in a scenario where they can have that opportunity to decide where they fit into the puzzle, as a parent, you have to start teaching them how to maximize that space that they own. Can they make the leap to the top tier? Should they go down a level so that they can be at the top tier at that level? 
Those are all things that you have to be realistic about and ask the coach to be that honest with you. Yeah, I like it. I mean, that's a, it's a, an amazing point is that, you know, you want to make sure that your kid is living up to their potential, but not trying to push them into a potential that's just not there. Right. we talked about, you know, all these, you know, the kids who are, the kids probably not going pros. Don't push your kid like they are. Yeah. Until that's a realistic, you know, opportunity or dream. Yeah. Because right? it's just going to end poorly for everyone involved. Well, and, and I had a kid that I had coached along the way that was a little undersized. I had to cut him. Mm-hmm. And great kid. Worked his tail off. He just wasn't big enough to hit the ball far enough. Yeah. And it was that simple. <laughs> there was no other situation that I could have bent it. And his dad said, well, how am I supposed to tell it to him? And he was a little angry. And I said, listen, great family. Really, really liked this family. Uh, and I said, listen, he's going to be better off. And you don't see it yet, but you will. And I was still kind of young at the time. And I think they were a little floored by that. <laughs> was like, holy crap, he's right. And that's the lessons that I learned from the way I was parented and coached. And it's something that I try to share as often as possible because sometimes it's just not understanding. Right? It's just a, a perspective thing. And that's why we let off with perspective because it's so easy to miss that understanding. And it's something that I love to share with people because I, I just I see the value in it. And just saying, okay, here's where you're missing. And they can either do something about it or they can move on. Yeah. And there, there is yeah. no in-between. And I think that's where we all get caught sometimes. So we try to find that in between that doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a, you know, passing that on to the parent. And now I think the next step as a parent and what I would do now, if I get this feedback from a coach or this is how you, you know, can make it to the next level, this is how you're going to make our team or whatever is now have a real conversation with my kid and say, this is what it's going to take to excel on this team. You're not quite there yet as per your playing time, mm-hmm. getting cut from this team, right? So next year, do you want to try and make it? And this is how we can get there. And maybe that's a, a longer conversation. You work with a coach. Hey, what kind of steps could he take yep. to get there next year, right? And then you come back to you know Carter and say like, hey, here's XYZ. Here's a game plan over the next six months if you really want this. Yeah. Do you want it? Well, Because right? there are lower level teams. There are other sports. There's anything you can do if you're just not that into it. Yeah. One of the things that I always love to do um, myself was to look at a stat category and say, okay, I'm sixth on the team here. And then I think where, where I caution parents is when you go to stats, don't tell them they've got to be number one. Yeah. Right. First and foremost, talk about one step ahead. So you're sixth. How do you become fifth? Mm-hmm. Right. And then you build that. It's there's, there's a lot of, a book I just listened to called Atomic Habits, and it talks about this exact trait. And I've not connected that dot until right now. Amazing. <laughs> um, that I kind of did it in this way. Um, the reality is, though, you teach them the basic habit first. That's the idea, is, is you work on the smallest step of a bigger habit, and then it creates the bigger habit. So in that scenario, how do I get one spot better? And then next time, one more spot, and then the next. And then eventually they will be the top under their own merit instead of having an artificial arbitrary measuring stick to chase. Yeah. And I absolutely love that mentality because then you can go back a step. Once you've set the goal, what do I have to do? Okay. I got to be in the gym this day, every week, this day, every week. And I've got to execute this skill 
a hundred times a day for three months. Yeah, yeah, whatever that, whatever the the roadmap is. Yeah, shooting pucks yeah. into the dishwasher, whatever. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess it's the clothes washer, isn't it? But anyway, <laughs> um, more or less, you get the idea, and that's that's ultimately, I think, one of those big steps. So, as a kid, what was the thing that that motivated you? Because I think sometimes parents miss that. Like, what was it that the kid was actually passionate about? For me, it was um, almost perfectionism. Like, I I, I, ch- I chased the improvement of skill, which then turned into um, not wanting to lose because I, I wanted to make sure that I could achieve that perfection of skill. So I always chased that to avoid losing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what was that for you? I think for me, it was like embracing my role as an outfielder, right? And I brought this, I've talked about this a little bit before, how, you know, younger on everyone wants to play second or short or play the infield, right? That's where all the studs are when you're six years old. Right. And then, you know. That's so important at the time (laughs) of your life, right? (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. But, you know, and then when I got moved to the outfield and, you know, I don't remember a specific conversation between, mostly my dad would think about this, talk about sports with me. Um, I don't remember a specific conversation, but I guess I probably had the overall impression that he was a little bit maybe bummed out, right? And maybe I was initially, but after that, like, say, I want to say that first year of playing in the outfield and loving it out there, like I'm fast, I can track down balls, I can make unnecessary diving catches, right? Yeah. It's it's amazing. And getting like hyped up from the team and they're pumped that I made that catch, I couldn't believe it. And the coach is saying, this is why you put you out there. You're doing so well, that type of thing. And yeah. you're like, this is fun. Now I really want to get better and keep going because I am a good outfielder. Yeah. Right. Not a mediocre second baseman boots a ball like every third play. Yeah. Right? But, and, and he is a good outfielder. Yeah. The amount of time <laughs> we've played baseball together, what, 10 years now? Something like that. Yeah. 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 The amount of fly balls to center field that I literally have not watched. <laughs> I just, with two outs, I just literally walk to the bench because I just know he's going to catch it. Um, it's just one of those trust things that I have. If you ever dropped one, you would shatter everything. <laughs> it happens once a year. I did drop one this year. Not of mine, I don't no, think. No, no, not of yours, but yeah, like... That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, You've yeah. not dropped one of mine. <laughs> okay, so right, until right. that happens, I, I will continue to have that belief. Um, and maybe it gives you that thing, seeing me walking off while you're trying to track yeah, the ball. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, more or less, like, understand that if a coach puts your kid in a role, it's because they think they're best for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Are they on the field of play? Yes or no? Yeah. If the answer is yes then they're probably meant for the role that they're in. Mm -hmm. So again, back to a point that we we really should make this part of our our t-shirt design is sit down and shut up. I like it. Because it can apply both to kids (laughs) and to parents. Yeah. So I know I had a kid that I coached that was a gifted athlete and didn't necessarily have all the skill set to play shortstop. Physically, yes, had all the tools. Mentally, not so much. Uh, had a kid behind him in the de- theoretical depth chart that had the mind for it, lacked the physical raw talent. Okay. okay. So the raw talent kid was a center fielder. Yeah. And his parent thought, you know, got all upset and went to the director of the organization and my hand was forced. Uh, Where did he go to college? Uh, uh, he went He went to play college ball because yeah. he was good. Yeah. Where did he play? Center field. <laughs> right? So yeah, like – yeah. Sometimes you don't know what's best for your child Mm -hmm. and that's okay. It is okay. So I think as from a coach to parents, listen to your coaches, right? They're almost always going to have what's best for them at heart. Now they should be given opportunities if they're on the fence. 
Sure. If of it's course. not their primary role, they should have a secondary opportunity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to continue building the skill set. But at some age, as they get older, if they're realistically on track to go play college or professional, then they should focus on a position mm-hmm. to get used to it and be elite at that position. Now, what is, so if I'm a parent and my kid reasonably looks like he's going to college and they've always played this one position, you know, I hear a lot about, um, you know, people being moved in in college, right? So how do I make sure that my kid has some exposure at different positions potentially so that if that, you know, call were to be made and that they're, you know, moved, that they're okay with it and they're comfortable and then they're going to fit in. Don't touch it. All right. Like here's the thing. Like if your kid is in the 1% of athletes that go to play at at the next level, keep in mind that those coaches are in the same category. Love it. Right. So they're going to be able to coach your kid far better than you could ever. For and, sure. And, For sure. In yeah. all likelihood yeah. and, and in most cases be better than the coaches that you currently have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's no knock on the coaches. Like No, no. Just yeah. it's the best of the best. It's the pecking order we talked about before. Yeah. Um, that said, you know, make sure your child has the opportunity to at least be exposed to playing the outfield or playing goalie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, just give them an inkling of it. Like, is this something you want to do? Yes or no? Yeah. Let them decide. Stop deciding for them. Yeah. So and I think that's probably a conversation you could have with that, say, you know, club coach, high sure. school coach to say like, hey, listen, like we both feel like he's you know, probably going to be signed or I guess, you know, commit to a college or university. Can we move, you know, around a little bit? Do you see any potential at another position? So, I'll check in really quickly. Yeah. Switch those questions. Right. Like not, can we put him somewhere else? Start with. Do you see any potential added? Yeah, yeah, position? okay, yeah, yeah. Do you, because, that's yeah, that's because the conversation yep. like coming to the coach is very different in that regard. Yes, yes. Right? If you say, "Hey, do you mind moving him?" He's going to say, "No, take a." Yeah, hike. no, no. That's what I mean. I you know kind of added that question as it came to my mind. Totally. Better like, do you see any other potential? Cool, maybe in practice you yeah. could play there. Or I just you know, think it's important that the parent understand how that sounds. Yes, yes. Right, like, and and I think it's it's why I jumped in so quickly yep. just because. You know, I've heard that question and it's very similar to what I just talked about with the yeah, shortstop. Yeah. Um, it's it's a scenario where, okay, why is my kid not playing shortstop? Or, you know, why do you think my kid can't do this? And it's good perspective for you, a parent. But if you're just saying, well, why not? Rather than you should do this. Like, it's a very different experience yeah, yeah. for that. And coach. honestly, I think realistically at the end of the day, if your child is athletic enough to, you know, play at, at any level of university or college – they're athletic and they can adapt. Absolutely. Too. So, I mean, the, the, it's not going to be a monumentally different uh, at whatever position, right? It's still that same sport, right? Yeah, I totally agree. And, and if your kid's good enough, they'll find a way there. Yeah, period. yeah, like, exactly. Marcus yep. Stroman, uh, pitcher for the New York mm-hmm. Mets, great example. Most people don't know he was a second baseman in college. Yeah, yeah. Right? He threw one inning. He was a closer. <laughs> that was it. And the Blue Jays drafted him and made him a starter. So... Look how late that development was. And the guy, you know, was very close to winning an ERA title a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the kind of thing that we mentioned earlier. Let the coaches make those decisions. They're better at it than you. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're unbiased, which is even more important. So, yes. you know, just understand what you're asking of, of your child. Understand how to help them in the best way possible. And again, be prepared ahead of conflict. Those are my big things. If you're to summarize... Your advice to a parent that's just walking into athletics in general, what what are you telling them about their child to to help them be prepared for what's next? Basically, just listen to your child first, have mm-hmm. conversations with them, and 
and keep that dialogue going first before it be- becomes between you and the coach or you and the organization. Yeah. And, and empower them Yeah, to make the decisions and empower them to have the conversations. Mm-hmm. It's to this day, probably the most important lesson I took from sports as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I learned how to deal with my own problems. Yeah. Yeah. And I think giving that, that child a voice in, you know, what they want to do, you know, again, we talked about this, it's going to help in sports, but it's going to help in other things as well, right? They're going to maybe struggle with school a little bit and then now go to their teacher and be like, Hey, I want a better mark. How can I get there? Yeah. Instead of, I can't believe I didn't get an A. Like, what's the matter? Like my dad's going to call you. Right. Yeah. It's absolute nonsense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know it's definitely a scenario where um, my, my dad had a rule. If I didn't get an above 80 average, I wasn't allowed to play sports. I like it. That was like my it. motivation for yeah. me because yeah. he knew how important that was for me. And I knew how important that yeah, was yeah. for me. So I wasn't <laughs> going to jeopardize that. And that's ultimately what pushed me in the moments where I needed to be motivated on the school side. Um, so ultimately, just a lot of stuff to take in in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love to hear from some parents and let us know the things that catch you off guard as a parent. Let us know the difficulties you've had uh, with your coaches and be sure to hit one of us somewhere uh, on the internet. You can cr- get us across all platforms. Sean can be found at sport-sean. You can get me at Boss. And we really just want to hear and start these conversations. So dive in, get at us, and we'll see you next time on Tournament Talk.